here we are again, digging in the trenches of today's news for The Alley. And I'm Tasha Pierce, by the way. The Alley is the sideshow of Sinister Silhouettes, where we're going to talk more about things that are kind of currently going on in the news. And here's our first story. Florida woman facing charges after allegedly giving infant grandson a lethal concentration of medicine. Now, this one is kind of sticking out to me because as most of you know, I welcomed my second grandchild into the family about two weeks ago. So, you know, I'm feeling all the grandma vibes. I can't imagine what the story is going to bring us. So uh, we're reading it for the first time together here. Here we go. This one I got out of People magazine. Uh, a Florida grandmother has been arrested in connection with the August 2022 death of an 11-month-old child. Tabina Lusant was arrested by the Broward Sheriff's Office Homicide Unit on Friday, according to a warrant statement reviewed by People. The warrant claims that Lusant was taking care of her grandson, Josiah Finnellis, on the weekend of the incident. Officers responded to a home in Oakland Park, Florida on the morning of August 21st, 2022, Regarding an infant who had become unresponsive, Josiah was pronounced dead upon arriving at the hospital. Now, police launched an investigation, and in October 2022, the Broward County Medical Examiner's Office determined that the child had a lethal concentration of the powerful antihistamine cryproheptidine in his system. Or no, I'm sorry, cycroheptidine. I am not a doctor. In his system, the statement says, the Food and Drug Administration states cycroheptidine, which can be legally administered only with the doctor's prescription, is an antihistamine that can also be used for appetite control and to enhance appearances. That's effing weird. Enhance appearances. So are we talking about to make someone look better outwardly? Uh, they're using it for a weight loss drug, possibly. And it's also an antihistamine. So let's go. That was Tasha just thinking, because I'm, I'm going to move on. Toxicology test from earlier this year revealed baby bottles. Oh, my God. I thought this was going to turn out to be uh, an accident or a situation where uh, a grandparent left something where a child can get to it. And then the unthinkable happened. But. It's starting to look like we're about to tread into some dark territory. Toxicology tests from earlier this year revealed baby bottles found in Lusant's home tested positive for cyproheptidine. Following a final autopsy in August, the manner of Josiah's death was determined to be homicide, and the cause is said to be cyproheptidine toxicity. Lusant, who told detectives she was the only person taking care of Josiah, is facing a charge for aggravated manslaughter of a child and was released on bond on Saturday. Uh, Broward County court records show the bond amount was $50,000, did not show any name for an attorney as of Monday afternoon. That is freaking terrible. So my question is, what in the absolute hell would make you put this stuff in your grandchild's bottles if she did it is she taking the rap for someone else we got to go with the facts as they have been reported by people magazine here and as uh, reported on the arrest affidavit and the only thing that i can think of is that she was trying to make this baby go to sleep because we know that there are certain antihistamines such as benadryl that will induce sleepiness in children. There are others, of course, uh, antihistamines will give you the drowsy effect. I use diphenhydramine, which is the active ingredient in Benadryl. It's one of them. I use that on occasion to put myself to sleep. I would never 
in a million years administer that to a child in the effort to get them to go to sleep and of course that part of this whole sleep angle is my own speculation but honestly is there any other reason why you would administer a high dose of, of antihistamines to a baby in their bottle that's the only thing i could think of it's sick it's stupid i'm not even in agreement with when we have infants who kind of stay up at night and then the parents want to throw melatonin at them i'm not even in agreement with that let that child run themselves ragged and fall asleep and then you as the adult in the situation work on getting that child on a schedule and it takes discipline on the adults behalf to get a child on a schedule but then it's your it's to your benefit when you do it so that is where i'm sitting on this one a horrible story we got another one coming from people because this is a story that i had heard about but I didn't read the article. So I'm going to read this article here with you and we are going to talk about uh, this road rage incident. Got a road rage incident coming out of Portland, Oregon. Um, The title of this article from People Magazine is Financier Kills Man in Road Rage Attack. Then shoots the witness who filmed the incident. Everything happened so quickly. A black Mercedes Benz stopped in front of a posh downtown Portland hotel blocking traffic. A great Toyota Tundra struggled to get around and the two drivers exchanged middle fingers. Police later wrote in an affidavit. That's when Ryan Martin braked his truck and got out, according to the affidavit. He crossed the street to where financier Jeffrey E. Hammond was still seated in his Mercedes, loading his firearm as the man approached. Martin tapped on the driver's side window. The men shouted at one another. Hammond rolled down his window and immediately shot Ryan Martin in the chest. Martin fell to the ground and landed on his back in the gutter, according to police, who noted his final plea to his assailant, I'm sorry, I had a bad day. Hammond allegedly tried to shoot Martin again, police say, claiming that he was unable to do so because the gun malfunctioned. Then he allegedly flashed a large metal badge at Ryan Martin as if he were a policeman. And according to the affidavit, as he tried to fix his gun, he said, you're lucky I didn't shoot you in the head. More than a minute elapsed as Martin lay in the street dying and Hammond kept trying to get his gun to work. That's when Sam Gomez, who had been presenting at a conference of the National Organization of Minority Architects at the Moxie Hotel, walked outside around 4.30 and saw Martin bleeding out in the gutter and Hammond allegedly sitting in his car with his gun in his hand. Concerned, Gomez pointed his phone toward the scene to record a video. So I wonder if he first called for emergency help for this man who's bleeding in the gutter and then took the phone out to record what was going on. Because two things. Thing number one, we need to call the police and emergency services if we see something like this first. And we find out it's quite dangerous to do either. You know, he should have pulled his phone out and called the the police, of course. But then he starts recording. And in response, he was shot. Hammond shot him too, hitting Gomez in the leg as he tried to run away. The bullet passed through one leg and lodged into the femur of his other leg, police said, noting that Gomez still managed to record the act in a disturbing photograph on his cell phone. Per the affidavit, Hammond then drove away, allegedly firing one more bullet which went wide in Gomez's direction and then dialing 911 as he drove to the courthouse. So Hammond drove away shooting one more time 
at the bystander. And then he called 911. So Hammond, 46 years old of Portland, has been uh, booked into the Mount Noma County Detention Center on charges of murder in the second degree with a firearm, attempted murder in the second degree with a firearm, assault in the first degree with a firearm, and two counts of unlawful use of a weapon. The Oregonian reports he pleaded not guilty. The suspect used to go by a different name. Hammond, the financier, formerly went by a different name, Jeffrey Edward Mandalis, the name under which uh, his social security number was assigned, according to public records. Uh, Hammond had been operating under his new name since at least 2019, according to Illinois State Court records. The following year, he registered two companies, Equantium LLC and Equantium Research LLC, under the name Jeffrey E. Hammond III. So he not only gave himself a new name, he gave himself like it's two other Jeffrey Hammonds in front of him. <laughs> oh. So in 2021, the financier presented on tokenizing equity and debt instruments at a CoinGeek conference in New York. And in an interview there, he described, I can't say it, Equantium LLC as a startup futures fund operator managing different commodity pools and futures funds. His novel approach was to tokenize and he was inspired by hearing about NFTs. Problematic, problematic. If you especially were inspired by NFTs and we're finding out that many of them are freaking scams, but okay. Speaking without an accent, Hammond claimed to be Australian. Oh, this dude is a grifter. This dude is a grifter. According to public filings, his social security number originated in Hawaii. In May of this year, Hammond represented himself as he filed for Chapter 7 bankruptcy, and according to public filings, his case was discharged October 5th, just days before the alleged road rage killing. And he represented himself in filing for Chapter 7. I wonder if that is as a result of maybe conning people out of uh, money through this Equantium LLC that he has set up that is modeled after freaking NFTs. Anywho. Portland police officers arrived on the scene last Wednesday afternoon and began life-saving measures on the victims, the Portland Police Bureau said in a series of release statements. Alyssa Eisenstein Kruger later recalled to uh, KOIN 6 News holding Martin's hand as he bled out. She said, I just held his hand and he was holding on, holding on. And I mean, you could tell he was dying. Fortunately for Alyssa, she did not come under fire by uh, this Hammond uh, what what was his real name? Mandalis. Lucky she didn't come up under his fire. But anywho, Martin of Southwest Washington died at the scene, police said, noting that the medical examiner had determined his death to be homicide by gunshot. Gomez was hospitalized and underwent surgery, police said, noting in a statement last week that his injuries were not believed to be life-threatening. Describing Hammond's 911 call on the way to turning himself in, police said in the affidavit that Hammond freely admits to shooting both men, said that he was justified in doing so because Ryan Martin menaced him and because Sam Gomez might have had a weapon. That is getting so old, y'all. That is getting so old because if we were in a society that did not idolize guns, and um, again, I'm not here to take your guns. We've got weapons here at my house, but I think there's a, a a right to have a firearm, but then there is also an expectation of being responsible with the firearm. Because if you take the firearms out of the equation, what would we have had? We would have had two men arguing in the street, maybe. 
we would have had two men maybe fighting in the street and maybe someone would get hurt. But shooting a person for walking up to your car is a cowardly act, especially if you saw no weapon, no threat to you. Why shoot this man? And then Gomez might have had a weapon. So he might have had a weapon. He might have. Gomez just came out because he heard goddamn commotion in the street. Of course he's going to come out and of course he's going to start recording because that is another thing that we have turned to in our society. They start recording. That's almost an expectation at this point. Anywho, I'm going to finish reading the article. Hammond wound his way to the top floor of a parking garage across from the courthouse and soon after turned himself in and really thought he had the right to kill a person and attempt to kill another. Hammond later allegedly told police that he knew Martin was unarmed, that he would have shot him again had his gun not malfunctioned, and that he shot Gomez because he thought Sam Gomez may have been planning an ambush, which he recognized as a military tactic. This is sick. So either this, this man could possibly have some type of uh, mental deficiency, mental impairment, or, I mean, why would you jump to that many conclusions? You knew Martin didn't have a gun. You shot him and you was preparing to shoot him again. Had your gun not malfunctioned. You shot Gomez because he thought he may have been planning an ambush, which he recognized as a military tactic. And police also alleged that Hammond said that he believed groups of people were stalking him. Insane. Insane. So the title of this article was kind of, you know, it made me feel like this is like a financier who just snapped. But this man actually seemed to have some problems and using the word financier was kind of a loose usage of that word. Uh, honestly, it, it looks like as far as the reporting that I have read here in one article for People Magazine, it appears to me that this man was a grifter. Uh, he he filed bankruptcy. He was having a, a bad couple of weeks here. And then he shot uh, this gentleman for uh, an argument over being double parked. I don't I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say beyond we got to do better, y'all. We have got to do better. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Okay, this story is coming to us from Law and Crime. Horrible story. Horrible story. And it is kind of a byproduct of the international news story that is coming out after the terrorist attacks by Hamas on Israel. So yeah, just let's get into the story. Federal investigators announced Sunday that they've launched a hate crime investigation into the stabbing death of a six-year-old Palestinian American boy who was allegedly killed by his landlord over the war between Israel and Hamas. Wadia Al-Fayoum was killed Saturday and his mother Hanan Shaheen was seriously injured when their landlord Joseph Kazuba, 71 years old, allegedly stabbed his tenants at their apartment in Will County, Illinois. Deputies said 
that Kazuba stabbed his tenants with a serrated military knife that had a seven inch blade. I'm gonna go back real quick to the original article about this because I want you to get the full understanding of the why behind this, right? So this landlord stabbed the mother and her six-year-old son killing the child because the victims were Muslim. Now, I know this is not going to be a popular sentiment coming from me, but we do not condemn people because of their religion. We do not condemn people because of where they hail from. Because if that were the case, there would be a case to condemn everyone alive. Everyone alive is from something that has committed atrocities uh, towards another someone. You get what I'm saying? Anywho. So he killed the victims. He killed the child because the victims were Muslim, because the war between Israel and Hamas. Authorities said that the mother called 911 on Saturday morning to say that her landlord had attacked her with a knife. According to deputies, she said she ran into the bathroom and continued to fight him off as she dialed 911. All of this, of course, is alleged. Let me make sure that I put alleged in there. According to written text messages reportedly sent to the father of the boy by the mother from the hospital, the landlord had been angry with what he was seeing in the news. Then he knocked on their door. When she opened, he tried to choke her. Her. She is in Illinois. He watched some stuff that happened in Israel. So he goes to a person in Illinois and attacks her. He choked her, attacked her with a knife and said, you Muslims must die. When she ran to the bathroom to call 911, she came out to find out that he had stabbed her baby to death. And the organization identified this child as Wadia Al-Fayoum. He celebrated his birthday, sixth birthday, a couple of weeks before he was murdered. Deputies said they arrived at the home of uh, an un unincorporated Plainfield Township to find Kazuba sitting upright on the ground near the driveway of the home. They took him to a hospital because of a laceration to his forehead. Law enforcement said they found the woman and the child in the residence suffering from stab wounds to their chest, torso, and upper extremities. Authorities said the woman was in serious condition from more than a dozen stab wounds to her body, but she was expected to survive. The child was taken to the hospital in critical condition, but he passed there. Forensic pathologists conducting the autopsy removed the knife, <sighs> removed the knife from the abdomen of the boy at that time. The six-year-old boy was stabbed 26 times. The, the mother and son had lived on the ground floor of that home for two years with no previous problems from the landlord. So this landlord, based upon coverage of the situation, the horrible situation coming out of Israel at the hands of the terrorist group Hamas, this man was radicalized and he attacked a family who has been living in the home that he is renting to them. They've been there for two years. So you know they have nothing to do with what went on uh, in Israel just a couple of weekends ago. I can't understand how you could conflate these two things. Hamas perpetuated these atrocities upon the state of Israel. And Israel is now retaliating and there's a whole group of people 
caught in the middle of all of this, whether they are Muslims, Jews, whomever. The bottom line is there has been a very, in my opinion, senseless loss of civilian life uh, at the hands of what, this war that we've got going on in this area. And that is what I'm focused on because now all the way over here in the United States, we have two more victims of this war. One who, whose life has forever been changed at the hands of uh, Kazuba and then a life that didn't even get an opportunity to be started, snuffed out at six years old. You are a victim of a war that you shouldn't even have to be fighting because this is not about Muslims and Jews. It's about Hamas and Israel. We've been attacked before for being a, a capitalist society for being a, a Christian society and for some of the stances that the U.S. takes in international politics. And guess what? We were pretty pissed about that. We were wondering why all of these innocent lives were brought into the middle of this mess. And why can't we see that when we are talking about uh, somebody who we might not agree with as far as religion politics or anything else there are innocent people over there who absolutely positively did not want any part of attacking Israel or the subsequent attacks for by Israel onto Gaza the Gaza Strip this to me is it, it's like it's what do we call it Ouroboros it's the snake eating its own tail the shit never ends after his release from the hospital, Kazuba allegedly told investigators nothing about the attack, but authorities said they were able to find enough information from interviews and other evidence to charge him with first-degree murder, attempted first-degree murder, aggravated battery with a deadly weapon, two counts of hate crime. Detectives were able to determine that both victims in this brutal attack were targeted by the suspect due to them being Muslim and the ongoing Middle Eastern conflict invo involving Hamas and the Israelis. Care Chicago says that lopsided statements from officials and media coverage created the atmosphere in which this crime happened. This unthinkable senseless crime did not happen in a vacuum. And I am inclined to agree. I am not anti-Semitic. I don't have any issues. People who are Jews by religion or people who are, their heritage is a Jewish heritage. No problems. Please don't put that on me. Also, don't put, put it on me that I have an issue with Muslims or Middle Eastern people. Neither of those things are the case. But if I put myself in the position of an innocent civilian, I can do that because I'm an innocent civilian. So it's easy for me to see the world through the lens of people who are being killed because of po political or religious reasons that has nothing to do with them. Nothing. If I was walking down the street right now and saw people being attacked I could empathize with them because we were all doing the same thing we just trying to live and that brings us back to the DOJ stepping in the federal investigators uh, coming in on behalf of this family to um, investigate this man Joseph Kazuba for hate crimes against Hanan Shaheen and her son Wadia Al-Fayoum who again was lost at six years old they're stepping in on behalf of them because they were targeted for a hate crime. Now, uh, here's a statement 
from U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland. He said, on behalf of the entire Justice Department, I want to express my deepest condolences to this family and this community as they grieve the loss of this baby. The department is limited in what more I can say because this is an ongoing criminal criminal investigation. Okay, so law enforcement said Kazuba attacked the family because they were Muslim because of the Israel-Hamas war, which started after the terrorist organization Hamas launched a wide-scale attack on border towns in southern Israel on October 7th, going uh, as far as to kidnap and kill civilians. Israel's military response has devastated the civilian population in the city of Gaza. President Joe Biden spoke about this young child's uh, murder, saying the child's Palestinian Muslim family came to America seeking what we all seek, a refuge to learn, live and pray in peace. The White House said in a statement, this horrific act of hate has no place in America and stands against our fundamental values, freedom from fear of how we pray, what we believe and who we are. We are seeing us as a nation, I'm sorry, we're backtracking on some of the promises that we have made to the people who came here seeking refuge and also to the citizens of the United States. It's not just this situation. We know that for a long time, if you were anything uh, outside of one of the Christian denominations, it's almost like your opinion is moot here anymore because the things that we believe if they're contrary to what the entire group the collective uh, believes then you find yourself um, being ostracized by the collective we can't even be who we are anymore because again you got to fit in to one of these groups you have to be this or that there's nothing in between who we are is even in question and that's crazy it's 2023 we taking steps back after years of progress we are seeing ourselves return to some very very dangerous thinking and that thinking is being spread an awful lot faster because we have tools like the internet and social media at our disposal so lots of people many people in fact most people use these these tools for good but we have people whose voices are amplified a whole lot louder than ours who are using it uh, to spread a hateful and divisive message. And yeah, this is a byproduct of all of that. This child's death is a byproduct of the perfect storm of bullshit that we have been allowing in this nation of the United States. And if you're listening from um, another country, you're hearing it from me. If you don't hear it from anybody else, I'm going to give it to you straight because I don't have a dog in the fight. I'm not religious, not overtly political. So don't have a dog in the fight. I can almost tell you with certainty that the ideals and fundamental values that this country swears that it is built upon is is going down the tubes. It's going down the toilet. We're becoming hypocrites. And by we, I don't mean you and me, the small people. I mean the the structure of this shit is crumbling. The foundation is extremely weak right now. And we cannot thumb our nose at other uh, societies until we get our shit together here. Because right now, 
our shit stinks. It stinks. The news is radicalizing people. Our political uh, figures are radicalizing people. We are creating a powder keg and we're going to find ourselves like we look down our noses and we we are very judgmental about what goes on in other countries and other civilizations. But right now, our shit stinks. You ain't got to believe me. You ain't got to believe me. We're going to learn. We're going to learn. These are problems that we are creating and we are not preparing the next generation to deal with our stupid shit. Anyway, I saved that story for kind of last because it broke my heart. Really and truly it did. There was absolutely no reason for this child to have to die in such a horrific manner. We have to separate the individual from the group. So yeah, these people may have been Muslims, maybe Palestinian. They over here for for a couple of years at least. Yeah, it's fucked up, y'all. It's all fucked up now. Anyway, so these little very spontaneous, I'm just going to read an article and react to it type um, episodes are in conjunction with my more scripted episodes that I do towards the weekend. I just had to get some of this shit off my chest. It's just crazy. There are other stories that I wish I would have covered today. And I probably need to just put out another episode with some other stories in it because good Lord, it's so much going on. Now, if you guys don't remember, I uh, started this podcast. Gosh, what year was it? Was that 2020? Might've been 2019, 2020 that I started Sinister Silhouettes. Then I took a very long hiatus after the 2020 election. I took a a very long hiatus for mental health purposes. This is why I don't cover murder and mayhem every day because it truly affects me. I'm an empathetic person and it truly affects me. And this was one of those stories that has affected me. I mean, the whole situation in Israel uh, versus Hamas has affected me, of course. You know, how can you live in this world and not feel for those people. That's when I know I need to pull away from murder and mayhem. We can go into some dark history and we can go into uh, some paranormal. We can go into anything but murder, anything but murder, because it's so hard. And for those people who have been doing uh, true crime for years and they are equally as affected, but they continue doing it, kudos to you. Um, But I do want to talk about things uh, that give us time to pause and reflect and things that have a a greater meaning and um, so I I have to put my anxieties aside and come back to talk about some of the atrocities that we can commit against one another as human beings and it's sad it's very sad but it's necessary for the stories to be told to be amplified so people can possibly get out of their echo chambers and hear it from somebody else, somebody different. So if there's somebody that you think would be interested in Sinister Silhouettes, please share the podcast with them. Um, I'm looking to grow an audience and I'm going to need your help to do that. If you'd also like to support the show financially, you can look in the show notes for my coffee page. You can buy me a taco because I I do tacos instead of coffee, y'all. I can can make me a good cup of coffee here, 
but I, I, I want a taco every now and then. <laughs> uh, with all of that being said, I appreciate you being here with me this week. I look forward to talking to you towards the end of the week. See you next time, Shadowy Sloops. Peace. <laughs>